0: Gentlemen, and welcome to Board Draw episode twelve. 12. I believe Let's episode go. twelve. Let's go. I introduced it. Crazy stuff. Yeah,
1: what's going on? What's twelve going episodes on? in, I thought I'd treat everyone. Yeah, we'll switch you up. I mean, the season's come around the corner. Yeah, so. come on. I think I said that at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, for the last like. Five but now
0: episodes. it is. I think officially seven days away. But it is here. Seven days it's coming. We got the EFL, EFL kicking off. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, We've let's got go. big episodes coming out now as well.
1: Just we're getting to the juicy teams. Yeah, right? we Not don't want to yeah, the don't
0: gas the big six too much, but but we're at the big six now. Yeah,
1: are they still the big six though? I think so.
0: Yeah, they, they, well. they were last season's two. Yeah, top they six. were. Yeah, and um, we'll. So uh, this yeah. episode, um, we're talking Chelsea,
1: Spurs, my beloved Arsenal, and Man United. We'll run gonna, through. It's going to be yeah. twenty five minutes about every other team, and in a three hour podcast about. Arsenal, yeah. Uh, um, so we're going to kick it off with we'll the IT, Chelsea, order. yeah. yeah, we'll yeah. So so we're going to do it in the order they finished last season, yeah. Obviously, uh, Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. What, what are you saying about? Him? Well, I think to be honest, I'm going to look at the transfer activity first. Yeah. Obviously, big name out the door in Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, I'm going to say Lukaku. But yeah, I mean, he is a big name out of the yeah. door, but he's, he's gone out on loan, didn't he, to, back to Inter. Yeah. Probably for some hefty loan fee. Um, I think the biggest loss is Rudiger in that defence. I think he was the yeah, reason they were so hard to beat. How much um, did he
0: go for? Oh, yeah, well,
1: was it not a free to... I don't know. Imagine, yeah, it
0: might have been, actually. Yeah, I think I it think was a free. Because, oh, because he didn't want to sign a new contract? Yeah, that's it. Fucking imagine letting a player... He's like
1: £80 million defender. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the... Thing is, with really good going, obviously that leaves a big gap. I mean, you look at their center backs, Tiago Silva getting on, had a phenomenal oh, season, he's like 40 now, had a phenomenal season, still a good player, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's he can't he can't do 40 games old. a season, as old, and also like I know he plays as a center back for them a lot, yeah, that right center back role, but he is primarily a right back, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been there a while now, and you know, he's 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 not a top. 10 Premier League centre back. Nah, no, not And anymore. that's what you've got to be targeting if not you want anymore. to be pushing. And then, yeah, like, you've true. got Trevor Chalaba, who, who's come on very well. He's a weird one because I think he's good, but
0: he seems to be a, make a lot of mistakes that lead to goals. Yeah, but he's I'm young sure. and yeah, like, that's he's naturally yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: thrown into that team. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but they've done some great business in bringing in uh, Kaladu Koulibaly from Napoli. Um, f- I mean, I think he's been renowned as one of the best centre backs in Europe for a while now. Yeah,
0: outstanding um, centre back. And I think a good transfer. But long-term, I mean, Chelsea never really think long-term. So maybe that's a silly thing to even discuss. But long-term, do you want a 32-year-old Azpilquay, 31-year-old Koulibaly? And a
1: 70,000-year-old Tiago Silva. Exactly. It's not really what you want to build
0: on. But then again, like I said, Chelsea are all about
1: short-term. So maybe... And he's a good centre-back at this moment in time. He's he's a phenomenal centre-back. I think he actually might be more progressive than Rudiger, which might apply to the style that Tuchel likes to play. Mm. Um, The other big signing they've made this summer is none other than the boy from Brent. Come on. Big Raheem Sterling. I think it's a phenomenal bit of business. I think 50 million for him is a bargain. Yeah, 100%. He's literally in his prime years, 27 years old now. And he at City, he was um, the highest uh, amount of goal contributions, contributions uh, yeah. under Pep Guardiola, yeah. which just goes to show everything that he's about. He he will create chances and put them away. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I know a lot of City fans slated him a lot for his finishing ability, it's but a lot better. but if you make twenty chances and you score like twelve of them, you've done all right. Do yeah, like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think the thing is, it's not like. Um,
0: so the thing is, with City, he comes in and out of the squad so much that maybe it takes time to get his, he like, emoji back. Exactly that. And, like, you're always competing. Whereas, in that Chelsea team, he will have a start in 11 spot every single game of the week. And, that'll give him that consistent run of games to... He's already really good at finishing anyway, but just to uh, keep developing. Kick and on, it, yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent.
1: I mean, I think that's the idea is that he, especially before this World Cup, he goes to Chelsea and he sort of becomes one of the main men. Yeah, instead of just being one of a, of like an abundance of great players at City. Um, you know what I mean? Like he's one, he's one enough to have a, to look back on his career and say, "Yeah, I've done it." Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think he really now in his prime wants to uh, push on and show everyone the player that he is, and we all know he can be, especially if we've seen it for England as yeah. well. Um. I think it's very really interesting to see how he slots into Chelsea's um, formation. Obviously, I like to play with the three at the back, the two wing backs in Chilwell and James. Yeah, uh, then the two in the middle, and then sort of like two players behind that striker. Um, yeah. So I, it'd be interesting to see whether how they fit in Mount uh, Havertz. You know, maybe Werner, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hudson-Odoi
0: even, maybe. Well, I saw today oh, that what? apparently Hudson-Odoi's on his way out and people were saying Werner was, but apparently
1: Tuchel sees Werner in his plan. So, I think a front three of... I mean, they don't have any depth at striker, Yeah, I no, mean, 100%. I know I know, like Sterling could play them potentially like a false nine role or Havertz has been playing up there and I think he, that's probably his best position. Yeah, I them. like Havertz up there. I'd really like to see them play Sterling out on the left and Mount on the right in, behind Havertz. I yeah, think 100%. that'd be a really deadly combination up front.
0: Even Werner up in that middle with... Um, Sterling and Mount on either side
1: the pressing would be crazy yeah exactly It's the, the amount of speed and technical yeah. ability in that front three would be crazy I mean defenders won't be able to rest for a minute what's your opinion on Mason Mount
0: just a random
1: one. I don't know I think it's like he's maybe the bit of a player that you he, when he's there you don't appreciate him and then when he's not there you can see the sort of gaps that have, that have been left yeah but because I uh, see a lot of Chelsea fans on my
0: timeline giving him stick and anytime I watch Chelsea I said this in one of our first podcasts I think Mason Mount's always just the most exciting player on their team he always seems to be the one on the ball making things happen and I get that sometimes he can be frustrating like his finishing not that great but yeah, I think he's just
1: so hungry all the time to get involved and I, I just that's all you want in a player I think I mean obviously when he's come through Chelsea fans are looking at him as they're like Phil Foden or his Debekayo yeah. Deb Saka and I think in previous seasons, them two have had better seasons than uh, Mount. But I think he plays a different role. Yeah, he he like he can come from a lot deeper than either of those two players usually do. Um, and I think they're they're expecting him to like pick up the ball in the middle of the pitch, progress forward, and and score like a thirty yard screamer. Yeah, like every game, and he just doesn't do that. He's really good around the edge of the box, though. Really good around the edge yeah. of the box, and his and he occupies spaces which which create space for other players to run in behind and that will be so deadly with players like Sterling who loves to break. He loves to beat that offside trap yeah. or He loves to play off, off the shoulder, doesn't yeah. he? Um, which we once again saw a lot for England, especially in the Euros. So, I think he's going to have a really important season for them. Um, yeah, and I think another player who obviously he's come back from alone at Everton Conor Gallagher. Yeah, Crystal Palace, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Crystal Palace, he's been linked to Everton, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he seems to be in Tuchel's plans. Well, I was going to ask you, where do you think he slots in? Because, I mean. They play the two, and
0: do you think he's got enough about him to play in that two?
1: I don't know. I think, obviously, Kante's got another year at at Chelsea, um, and I think he'll be the one to displace. I mean, I just. I don't really know what. Chelsea's favourite midfield pairing is I don't really know
0: yeah I'd say probably Kovacic and Kante. yeah I mean Jorginho I think he's probably at outdated now yeah I don't I think he's had that season where somehow he was like third in Ballon d'Or. third and Ballon d'Or and I think everyone was just like has he actually done that good that's because he won the yeah. Champions League and the Euros, right? Euros yeah yeah but, but um, he was not the best I player in
1: either of those teams
0: that he's just he's alright he'll make the game tick by but in a two, if you have a midfield three, you could probably afford to have him. Yeah, he's a luxury player, but really. In a midfield two, you need two players that are going to work their class off. Lee, yeah, mate. Right? And I, so I, I think, think
1: it's him. In, in like potentially Conor Gallagher could do that, but I think obviously we saw at Palace his best role was when he was allowed to get forward a lot. Yeah, and he had some great numbers for Palace um, in terms of progressive passes and his, his goal contributions as well, but playing in that midfield too, won't allow him the freedom. He's got to be very much a supportive yeah, role. 100%. And I don't know whether that range of passing is there, which will allow him to unlock defences for players like Raheem and yeah. uh, for, for Werner and everyone else. Yeah,
0: because they were loosely linked with Frankie De Jong, And I think he's the kind of player that
1: they like in that too. Yeah, obviously, he doesn't want to leave Barca allegedly. But yeah, I, th- I think um, like Chelsea, it, and there's been a lot of negativity around Chelsea coming into the season. I know like obviously Tuchel's come out saying some really weird stuff. Um, and they've had a pretty stinky uh, couple of results in pre-season. Got battered by the boys. Yeah. yeah I, I just... And obviously Gallagher had a horrendous penalty. That was that so was, bad. But I mean, you got to have balls to go for that. So you kind of got to rate yeah, it. But you do it in the pre-season. Is, Why not? It is a weird one because I always... You always assume Chelsea would be there or thereabout yeah. competing with... Especially for the Champions League places. But usually that third position is pretty much locked yeah. down to theirs. But I think... It, especially with the teams we're talking about today there's a lot more competition than there has been in 100%. previous seasons and
0: I've been doing some watching of other people's like league rankings and Chelsea like across the board are people are placing them lower than I think they expect and yeah. the, I, I think Chelsea fans expect so I think it could be a tough season for Chelsea if they don't because they haven't really been super active in the window obviously Koulibaly and Sterling are both really good signing and they've been linked to a host of players that have all just been absolutely snagged by Barcelona.
1: Barcelona have literally read Chelsea's shopping list and just picked them apart. James I love that Kunde one. Koundé is uh, one. signed for Barca yeah. today. So so Koundé, Rafinha, Dembele, Lewandowski, all them man are just... We say this every episode, but we, where where are Barca getting this money? Because I nah, we'll do I we're gonna, we're gonna have, to get I have some no idea.
0: Barca dog on the, on the podcast and see if we can figure there out There will what's be a going. Channel
1: 4 Threads documentary yeah, about Crime Barcelona. Watch, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, it's mad. Um, but yeah, Chelsea have had like a, a fair few amount of players absolutely just yeah. sniped from under their noses. I mean, Lewandowski would have been great for them, but I think even they offering 50 million and whatever wages yeah, on for a I player of his age, is it. just, it, it well, could be detrimental. I'm going to
0: float this one. Obviously, the news is Ronaldo wants out of Man United. He wants his contract terminated. Yeah. And there was like earlier in the window, like a brief kind of fluttering that maybe Chelsea were interested in Ronaldo yeah why don't they go make that happen
1: I know when the new chairman came in they were very like I was that was a rumor that he yeah. met with him and everything I mean I think it's the same sort of situation with Lewandowski I mean how much short-term success do you want in relation to like ha- having a team that can compete with Liverpool and City in a year or two yeah I know I think the thing with Chelsea is
0: though they never want to do a project. They want that short-term success. But like if, I they, Ronaldo, gaining, if they give Ronaldo a two-year yeah. contract and he wants to play Champions League football, which he'll get at Chelsea, and the potential to win
1: some big trophies, I think he'd be a good signing. Yeah, I, I mean, you know he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I mean, saying. if you've got players like Sterling, Mount, Kante... All who of who, them who are, off yeah, Ronaldo. Their they, nice. press is really good. So you make up for what he lacks exactly. in press. Exactly, so that's the
0: thing. In the United team, he lacked the press, but so did all the Man United players. Yeah.
1: Whereas in the Chelsea team,
0: he might lack the press, but the Chelsea players don't. Tuchel will be like on their class I mean- if they lack the press. And that'll be good. It'll
1: give them a focal point exactly. to play through, which they didn't have under Lukaku because he just absolutely yeah. couldn't turn up for Gives them. Give Havertz kind of competition
0: for that middle spot. He can learn off Ronaldo. Yeah. I, I like the idea.
1: The idea is there. I don't know whether it will happen though. I think Ronaldo too is going to... involved. I in think life. he's going to end up staying at United for the, the season. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think he's been said to be playing in there pre- next pre-season friendly tomorrow. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Who's, maybe it's against Sociedad or someone. I'm not 100% sure, but... Um, I think he'll be staying with uh, the United squad for the rest of the season. Interesting. Um maybe until January. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's interesting. Um the last thing I want to talk about with Chelsea, obviously they're pretty strong across the board. Um, but lacking that strike like like that central striker now, now that werner has sort of been proven that he's not really that player. Yeah. Um and Lukaku didn't work out. Obviously we went through a list of their strikes that ended up on the ten worst transfers of all time in the Premier League. Yeah. Um but letting Breuer sort of sit and not do much, is that is that a mistake for them? Or, or is I that think a player it's a who... massive
0: mistake. You see, apparently, this, I don't know how legit this link is, but apparently Real Madrid were looking at him. But um, I think he's just, even if you don't think he's the answer, having him in, in and around the squad in a position where you've only got pretty much one player, Yeah, he's not going to do any harm. If you bring him on in like the 70th minute in a game where you're winning 2-0, he can just take the... If you've
1: got Champions League the next couple of days, put him on. I mean, it's been proven that he can score goals yeah, in the Premier League. And that was for a Southampton tie, a team that weren't like most potent. Yeah. Uh, and a Chelsea team that's going to carve out more chances He's surely he's going to be more successful. Yeah, I don't get the... You've got a player on your books who's, to- come, who's come through... And and obviously he had that successful loan spell. It sort of gave me Batchwi vibes. I know Batchwi yeah. sort of fell off a little bit in his later loan spells, but he had a couple of decent loan spells, uh, yeah. and he looked good when he came off for Chelsea in, in in spurts. So, yeah, kind of. I mean, that why have they v- got something v- against actually just playing uh, players that actually come through their ranks? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, so I, I think they'll they'll do right this season. I think they might have a slow start though. Um, yeah, I think it might take time to sort of get back into the groove of it but at times last season they did look really dangerous and really hard to break down and I think if they can keep James and Chilwell fit the entire season that will unlock the success they are the for me they're the two two key players yeah 100% when they were both injured in like the same period of time
0: kind of completely fucked over Chelsea.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I do worry about their sort of depth of defence though. So I don't yeah. the only thing they do have going for them is their versatility in defence. So obviously like Aspa can play that right back role. Uh Trevor Chalaber can also move to a right back role. So I mean they do have players that can cover. Yeah. Um but I'd be interested to see if maybe I, I I don't know whether they could switch to a back four because I know that's what Koulibaly played with it at Napoli mm. and play like with more bodies in midfield and maybe allow Gallagher to come on and play that yeah. progressive uh, midfielder role and, and push forward more than he would be able to do it in the midfield too.
0: Yeah. But yeah. All right. I think, no, I agree. I think Rhys James and um, Chilwell are the most important men. And I think this is one thing I just thought about is like the teams that we're talking about today, depth-wise, aren't the level of City and Liverpool because I could pick two players on pretty much every team that we're going to talk about today if they were injured, the team crumbles. Oh, 100%. And for Chelsea, it's James and Chilwell. And I'll tell you, we'll go on to Spurs now. The two players, I think, for Spurs, obviously are Kane and Son. If they get injured at any point, it's it's a mockery for Spurs. They're, they're going to fall down the league. But if they're all good, Spurs,
1: I think, are looking good for the coming season. Yeah,
0: I was just going to say. That's for me from an Arsenal I fan. I think
1: from for like these four teams specifically, th- the way I'm sort of ranking their transfer windows and their their sort of like progression transfer it, window ranking incoming is through i'm I'm looking at city and Liverpool and saying right, what have these teams done to elevate themselves or like close the gap between those two teams yeah because yeah, yeah. Un- until they start doing that, it's a thirty eight game season, not including cup games and and European uh, competition. Do they have enough depth in their squad and enough quality to be able to even compete with those two teams? That's the real question. Yeah. Um, right, we're gonna hop onto Spurs. We'll be right back. Quick break. Back again. We're back again, and now we are gonna talk about Mr. Antonio Conte's Spurs. Yeah, boy. Come on. That was good. I think out of these four teams, yeah, I'm the most Spurs are the team I'm most excited to watch this season. Never. I mean, over it, the boys, it is close between them and Arsenal. Yeah, I, I really on. like what Arsenal are doing. I think Gabriel Jesus is going to be mad. But Spurs, they looked really good at times under Conte last season. They absolutely tore teams apart. Yeah. Kane and Son. Them in the big games, the way they played against City and the way they played against Liverpool
0: is what scares me the most. Them in like, I think that kind of got labelled at them towards the end of the season is that they couldn't break down low blocks. But games where it was like, fucking like a basketball game and it was end-to-end, Spurs probably
1: are like the best end-to-end team in the league. I think their transitional play is only, Fucked, is yeah. only bettered by Liverpool. I think Liverpool were yeah. the best in the league um, in terms of transitioning straight from defence to attack. Not yeah, counter, Not counter-attacking because counter-attacking yeah. is literally bosh. Yeah. Transitioning play is being able to build build segments through the pitch and build presence there at, but quickly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think their Spurs are going to be an exciting team to yeah. watch. No, it does pain me to say it. Obviously,
0: they beat Arsenal to the top four last season. We'll, we had a fat crumbling.
1: We'll cut it down to two to two topers with Spurs. Obviously, we're going to talk about their transfer um, activity this window, but then I want to ask you about what is the recipe for a successful season for them. So we'll start with the transfer window. Yeah, boy. Big one is Richarlison snatched away from Everton. He's been abducted. Not against his will, against Everton's fans' will. But that's a big loss for Everton. We talked about that before. Let me tell you what I think about Richarlison. Get it
0: in. Firstly, big wanker. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, I think very expensive transfer. One of my mates at work, he's a Spurs fan, disgusting human. No, I'm joking. He's all right. Um, He said 60 mil for Richarlison is expensive. And so I think... As much as Spurs fans want to tell themselves 60 mil for Richardson isn't expensive, I think it is. But what you're getting is a young, hungry, Prem proven Brazilian international that can play anywhere across the front three. He can slot in alongside Kane and Son. He can back up Kane or Son if they need a break. So I think his versatility and how decent he already is at the Prem level is good, not 60 million. But I still think it's a good signing for Spurs specifically. If someone else like Man United pays 60 million, he doesn't do what they need. So that'd be 60 million not well spent. And I'm not saying this 60 million is well spent, but it's not as badly spent as, say, Man United signing. So I like
1: the Richardson signing. So it's not expensive? That is. It's still expensive, but it does a job for them. Yeah. Okay. It, it's I mean, expensive I think, I think that's exactly what Liverpool and City do though like obviously we had this conversation about Calvin Phillips he like 50 million whatever it was for him is expensive yeah but he's there to do a job so they don't mind paying uh, it over don't, it don't start talking about Spurs in the same bracket as City and Liverpool though. I think I think out of all the, the four teams we are covering today Spurs' squad is the closest to City and Liverpool's blasphemy Now, nah, probably Chelsea still but I don't think so
0: I don't know. I think everyone's getting a little bit too gassed about Spurs. I don't know. I, so, I do appreciate what they've done. Obviously, it, hurts. it all kind of sounds a little bit sarcastic and biased. That's because it is. Because it absolutely is. But I think everyone needs to just chill. I see a lot of like people on the timeline say that if another club like Chelsea... Or like Man United made the sign in Spurs made. People would be, like be bantering them. Like, I Paris don't think so. he's as good as everyone's saying he's going to be. No, but
1: it, it, he does. Like, I think he will bring something. Like, he's long lay, long nay is what I say to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh Sorry. my god!
1: Right, so. They've signed Richardson,
0: Basuma, Spence, Perisic. Them three good signings. Richardson, I'd give like a seven out of ten. Basuma, nine out of ten signing. Jed Spence, maybe like a six and a half, seven out of ten. Yep. So I'm not slating Spurs too much. I think that them three are good. I think Longley, like, nah, it's all right. Um, it's depth, though. It's depth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But I better or worse than Trevor Chalobor?
1: Worse. He's worse than Trevor Chalobah. I think so. I haven't seen much of Longley, but I'd say so. Okay. Um, but yeah, like Perisic, he, like obviously Conte knows him. Yeah. Conte, I would put up there. We, like maybe not quite in the echelon of a Klopp and Guardiola, but he's not far behind. I really rate him that much, and I think he knows what he's bringing in with Perisic. He's, he's getting known quantities. Yeah. And like, he, obviously, known quantities in Serie A yeah Serie A but he's done it on the international stage as well as many England fans know yeah but that was what like four years ago yeah but he, like he's managed there's like, a, lo- a lot of years gone but it doesn't matter because now we've got five substitutions in the Premier League he doesn't need to play 90 minutes week in week out yeah no I flirt with having him in my fantasy team exactly you know he's got the attacking output of like a right winger and he's playing right wing back because he can defend yeah now
0: I'm not mad at the signing I just think the window isn't. Everyone's saying Spurs have had
1: the best window in the league. It's close, but they they've got to be talked about in a conversation. Yeah, yeah, and maybe the only other team who has had a better window is Arsenal Yeah. or <laughs> Nottingham Forest. That Forest, I like their window. Forest have a great window for themselves, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I I think Perisic being brought in is really interesting because, like I said, he's a known quantity to um to Antonio Conte. Yeah, and. Like their previous um wing backs, right? They've got Emerson Royale. Dead food, mate. And uh, by the way, Perisic could play it on the left
0: or the right. I'd start Jed Spence, even if he's never had a game in the Prem in his life, either. I don't Emerson know. I Royale. think he could be a
1: liability. Oh Jed Spence. Yes, he can.
0: As like more than
1: Emerson Royale. I don't know. Emerson Royal Emerson Royale, yeah. Dead. But Regulion as well. Big Regu- <laughs> <laughs> <Hey? laughs> Regulion. Sergio <laughs> bowl of Regulion <laughs> please, on, big Regulion Jeez. he come out of Real Madrid yeah and was like right I'm gonna go to the Premier League and I'm gonna like absolutely smash it up and he, he started yeah, well he, started good, started he was good. like pacey and then he suddenly just fell off and now they can't find him Doherty sort of did alright towards the end of the season yeah. he sort of turned a few heads like people. Were I like, thought
0: he was going to be such a good signing when yeah they everyone
1: away. did but the thing is he's not actually that
0: fast and I it, think his actual like tech level isn't that good either no nah, but he's a hard
1: worker he's a hard grafter
0: <laughs> he's a grafter he puts in the graftsons. he's a grafter yeah
1: and in um, Cecil Yom, who's not really done anything since he signed <sighs> from Fulham yeah him. he was meant to be the boy wasn't he he was meant to be like the greatest thing since sliced bread yeah since re- a bowler. of Regulion. <laughs> since a bowl of Regulion. <laughs> And then, yeah, it's it's all a bit, like, it's gone a bit messy for him. But yeah. I know he started a few of the pre seasons for them, and he he was playing a bit towards the end of the season. So, mm. like, they've got a lot of depth now. Yeah, no, I do agree. And it's pivotal to, to how they play.
0: I think that's what's made Arsenal and Spurs' windows so good is that depth-wise, they've gone from like having, say, average depth to have like players that come in and be average. Now the depth is the players will come in and keep that level high. And the competition for places is going to be better yeah. than ever. So I do agree. But for me, I think Spurs need some time because there's a lot of new
1: faces now. Yeah, I think the core of their team is still there, obviously. like You've got the Hoyberg, the Bentoncourt, the, uh, the Son, the Kane. But is it Hoyberg and Bentoncourt? I don't know yet. Where's Basuma coming? I don't know yet. I think Basuma's going to be playing. I saw they were linked with like Hoiberg leaving yeah I mean potentially I think he's been alright for them to be honest
0: yeah so do I I actually like Ben, um,
1: not Ben Hoiberg
0: but I think Benzikor doesn't not get in that team
1: no I know but I think Benzikor actually was uh, really good towards the end of last yeah. season I think uh, Romero's a great centre back yeah uh, I think Eric Dyer on his day can be really good and I like how he does push into midfield a lot yeah as a centre back um, who's the other boy they got So they do either um, Dante Sanchez or Ben Davies. Ben Davies, yeah. I mean, potentially you're looking at that third role. I mean, that's probably why a long lay's come in. Yeah. Uh, It'll be a way to be seen whether he's actually going to be able to do anything in the Premier League. I know he's not really done too much at Barcelona in terms of pulling up... uh, No, I think he's got um, purchased or he's on loan, but for
0: his ball-playing ability, I think Spurs did lack that. Apart from Romero no one could really as their defender play the ball through the lines I like could I think he's Eric such Dyer a nasty
1: couldn't. defender but
0: Romero seems to have good ball playing ability through the line and I think they need that on either side and I think in that sense from what I've heard Longley's really good with his feet so maybe he offers that a bit more than Ben Davis and Eric Dyer who fucking got
1: like Tobler own feet and obviously the their lives. they've brought in um, Kulisevsky as well in a permanent yeah, I like Kulusevski a lot. That's you know. going to be great. And like, so now their depth uh, forwards, they've got Son, Kane, um, Richarlison, who could play anywhere across that sort of three. Yeah. What's their strongest front three? Do you reckon? I think it is Son, Kane, Kulusevski at the minute. So it's,
0: they're paying sixty million, nah, 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 for a don that isn't in their strongest front. Three. I think, I think they've got, nah, nah, they've nah. got, they've got some Listen leeway with Richarlison
1: because he will be Gross able to, they, he will class. be able to get the freedom. Or finding out where he's going to fit best. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. Right. But what you but have just you told me. You can't. You
1: can't drop Kulisevsky right now. No, you can't because he had such an amazing finish last season. So why I pay sixty million for a don that's not getting in your team? Because I mean, the, I think I think the value's there. He's an, like you said. He's, he starts for Brazil, yeah. He does. One of yeah. one of the top international team in the world. Yeah, but I think I don't know. I just like I think the best. Richarlison is still to come. Yeah, I think it really is. No, so do I. And and I, I think, and I think down the he line, will obviously, lock in a place in that front three. But he's start. In the he season, is a right good right? asset to having the team. I was bantering you a little bit, but uh, bro, it, everything you say is banter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I agree. He's a good asset to having the team, and obviously Son and Kane aren't getting any younger. They've got seasons in them, obviously, but they're both on the wrong end of 30.
1: So. Who's going to who's gonna outscore who? Son or Kane?
0: Son every day of the week, mate. You think Scott, Son's going to outscore Kane? Son is... Uh, well, I had this discussion with the same geese I was talking about earlier from work who supports Spurs and I said to him that Son's a better player than Kane and he wasn't having it. He said, if you watch Spurs, so he's got Spurs season ticket and he was like, if you watch Spurs, Kane just... St- is always better than I Son. think. I, I, so. I, I maybe think as an outsider, i pick Son, but
1: yeah, I mean, I, I love Son. I think yeah. he, if he was playing for a Real Madrid or something, he'd be up there and, and doorless, for like, yeah. Ba- yeah, but yeah. I think Harry Kane is phenomenal. I think he, like, what he brings, not just in finishing, like in terms of his passing, his passing is probably one of the best in the Premier League. So, who would you say is better, Son or Kane? I think Kane. Personally, I think Kane is better than Son. Okay, interesting. I think if you take I mean for Spurs, it's a nice problem to have. If you put if you put you could put Harry Kane anywhere, any team, any place, and he will do Harry Kane things. I think if you he put is a good goalkeeper if you put Son in a team where he's not getting fed those through balls all the time, like the ones yeah. Kane gives him, then he wouldn't score as many goals as he does now. I mean, if you look at, I mean, that's why they got the the most goals uh, and assists between them two out of any partnership in in Premier League history because they are just so in sync. And Harry Kane's passing ability facilitates Son to go on and score 20 plus goals every season because he, like, and and that. I do uh, like Harry Kane. Do I? Yeah, but, like, you just, if Harry Kane's not there, you go, why is Harry Kane not playing? Yeah.
0: Do you not think that sometimes he stinks up the gaff for England? Though no, I mean oh, some,
1: sometimes. Well, actually, gosh. yeah, no, I do, I do, oh, sometimes I do. I watch yeah. him. And I'm like, Harry. but I think that's only because as England, we're like, we're literally expecting him to play Harry the most sometimes. incredible football yeah. all the time, and we're like, well, if Harry Kane's not doing it, get Dominic Calvert-Lewin in. Get Alan the truth Shira is, back. The truth is, we actually don't have many good strikers apart yeah. from Tammy Abraham. Yeah. Well, to be fair, last week,
0: I was like, oh, England are stacked with strikers. Yeah. Stacked with, like, and we just, about just below that.
1: average strikers. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, no, just Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings, Patrick Bamford, Tony. Yeah. I mean... They're all, like, just a tier below what you None want. of them are world-class. Yeah, yeah. But, I agree. Alright, the next bit is... We'll get, we'll get onto this one quickly. What is the solution... Like, what is the magical formula that means Spurs have a successful season? What does it take for them to... Uh, get third place, maybe squeeze the second place finish. I've got the answer for you. What is it? Start Regulion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, i Uh joking. For me, it's keeping the squad fit. It's, I don't like Hugo Lloris. So maybe getting a goalkeeper that is a bit more astute.
1: Who's the bloke they got in that's like meant to be an absolute mentalist? Guess,
0: that's an eager. Yeah.
1: yeah. Has he gone to Fulham? I don't know. But yeah, he's... I meant assume so.
0: If they got Fraser Forster, then
1: they yeah, must I have. think Fraser Forster is a brilliant backup keeper. Yeah, for a free transfer is quite um, nice. But yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe another keeper. I think another centre-back. Yeah. I think another another top-quality ball playing centre-back would be ideal. And then the main thing is what Chelsea have got
0: absolutely sorted is those wing-backs. If Spurs can have wing-backs that are on a world-class Reese James, Trent, Chilwell level, Spurs will get top three... F- challenge for the league but at the moment Spurs haven't found those wing backs that are gonna get you 10 plus assists yeah if they get if Jed Spence is as good as everybody's saying he's gonna be if Perisic is as good as everyone says he's gonna be and they can deliver goals assists
1: to a Reese, James Trent Jilwell level Spurs will be a problem I think the the Jed Spence thing's weird because it it wasn't even Conte signing. Conte mm. didn't even like go like what Tracy guy, wasn't it? And leave Yeah, I think Daniel uh, Levy. Daniel Levy uh, yeah. He uh, Daniel Levi jeans. Come. Yeah, Daniel Levy was the one who facilitated the move because he wants to, to build him for the future. Yeah, um, and I think I, I saw a lot of him last season. Jess Benson. he's a phenomenal player, and Warnock had that famous quote now, which is, you're either yeah. you're yeah. either non-league or you or you're Premier League. He's Premier League, and he smashed in the Championship, so he must be Premier League. Yeah, but I, just- I mean. He, I don't think you're going to be watching him get like just loads because Conte likes to go with what he knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he'll play the he'll play the safer bets most of the time.
0: But at wing backs, do they have safer bets? I feel like all their wing backs are kind of like unknown. Yeah, I mean, quantities.
1: I mean, I I think <laughs> I think Spurs will prove an absolute challenge to. Mm. I think, I yeah, think, I think so. unless you're playing to your your best against them. Mm. You're gonna have a really hard time breaking them down and, and and not conceding basically. Because I think the the attacking assets they have are something that would frighten any Premier League team. I think City yeah, yeah. I think City and Liverpool will be looking at Spurs, thinking, right, that 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 could, be. that could be a problem. Yeah, 100 percent I think um I've
0: seen people talk about Spurs for a title charge. I'm not sure they're quite there yet. Maybe a season after, once Conte has figured out this squad completely but i think he top 4 definitely if he doesn't get top 4 that's a problem yeah i mean cuz their squad is,
1: is too good to not get top so 4 yeah, yeah um right we're uh, moving on to our third team in a minute we'll come come on to the boys the boys back again back again time to talk about the boys in red let's go the gunners yeah the cannon men the ca- that, we're
0: known as the cannon men. <laughs> the, the cannon, cannon men. men. Nah, let's talk about the boys. Um, the Emirates Eagles. Obviously, there's been a lot of bad feeling around Arsenal for fucking God knows. Got to be like 10 years now. Obviously, the whole Wenger getting fucking drawn out. Then the whole Emery doing all right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But his squad was but boring polluted, football. Yeah, polluted full of bad eggs. Boring football. And then people like, ah. Oh, you're wrong to get rid of him. Arteta came in, won the FA Cup, good feeling, then stunk it up. Everyone was like, what? Arsenal were looking at mid table mediocrity. And I'm
1: not going to shit you. I had that fear. And now you're going to win the league. The fear's gone, baby. It is exciting times to be an Arsenal fan. It's good Bro, vibes. I'm excited baby. for Arsenal. Yeah, it's good vibes. I'm excited for Arsenal because the football that they're going to be playing is nice. going to be. Juicy. Unbelievable. So, I think the main thing for me
0: is that our midfield, since the days of like Santi Cazorla, Ozil, and then if you... Cesc. Sesk, Nazri, Riziki. The, since the days of those boys, we've lacked technical midfielders. Technicians. Magicians. We've lacked them. We've had fucking dead food in the midfield. But now... We've got technicians back at the carpet. The carpet, because our our pitch is nice. It's like a carpet. Okay, right. But um, yeah, technicians back at the carpet is what I tweeted. No no dusty rugs. Nah, mate.
1: Good. Good, (laughs) Good fresh carpet. Yeah. I mean, all right. Let's talk about our window. Yeah, Yeah, talk about about your window. Window's wide open. Talk about it. Yeah. So obviously, he wasn't
0: in this window, but top technician that I'm actually mad... Gas plays for Arsenal is Odegaard. Like back when he was touted as like the, the next, the next, next Messi. Messi, and obviously he had a hard time at Madrid getting into that midfield. Anyone would have a hard time displacing Modric, Casemiro, Cruz, and but you can you could tell wherever he went on loan that
1: there was a player in there. I mean, just seeing clips of him. I mean, you could you could tell the way that he like manipulated a football was. A next level above, yeah. above good. It was oh, so above excellent. Good. It was it was like finesse. Mate, everything he, he just did was so, with finesse. So
0: aware of just everything around him. His IQ is through the roof when it comes to football IQ. And so obviously it's mad to think that back in the day when he was like touted to be the next big thing and he went to Madrid that somehow he'd end up at Arsenal. And like it hasn't been confirmed, but he's got like our captain now. Yeah, which is mad. And I'm very excited for him to lead this charge this
1: resurgence of technicians I just I I think it'd be so funny if we just lost the first four games of the season I'm ready to eat my words when we do I think that'd be so funny I mean I can't see it happening I think obviously the big one this window is big Gabriel Jesus you said earlier in the episode you think that's a fantastic
0: signing talk to me did I say that earlier? Yeah, you said it's best sign in the window. He's the best player in the
1: league and Arsenal are going to win the World Cup. Oh, that's what I said. <laughs> My bad. I've got a short-term memory loss i in a minute. Um, yeah, I think Gabriel Jesus is one of the signers of the window. I agree. I think he is what Arsenal were lacking. Not in terms of, they weren't like, like obviously they didn't have a goal scorer, but they had players like Lacazette who just wasn't really involved in the build-up play. And he, his versatility wasn't really there. No, I think Lacazette is quite good at the build-up
0: play, but his problem was that he'd come so involved in the build-up play.
1: That's what I mean. But, but then
0: he couldn't get back involved in the end segment and finishing. But you'll, or you'll see,
1: Jesus, even at City, he'll do it. He'll take, he'd take. He would come like he would come relatively deep for the ball, but Chest not as deep as down, Lacazette would. And it that's it. I do, I do a touch off. And, and then he'd be bolt got to the box. That's yeah, it, and that's what. And he'd be, and he, and he's best at finding those dangerous areas. And Lacazette Yeah, hundred percent. And I think he's a more technical player than Lacazette. And I think when you've got players like Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard, who are all just brilliant technicians, right? having someone in front of them who can just, who can meld into that and create like sort of this weird amorphous blob of just technicality and being brilliant up front. That's what Arsenal are. It's going to make them so difficult to to defend Mm. against because you won't know who's going to be where and the versatility allows them to play. So say if like Saka is playing left wing or something, or well, Martinelli's playing left wing and they're really struggling and they can't seem to be, get the better of their man. Yeah. And they want to invert that. They can switch to the other side. Yeah. And like, there's not a player across that sort of front three, apart from Odegaard, who will play centrally, who can't really switch over. Yeah. Like you're looking at players in like Martinelli, Saka, uh, Smith-Rowe, uh, Smith who can play any like left or right side. So the ability to invert and to play, uh, like invert diagonal balls, and you know, find those men running into the box called footballers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. I think it's going to be such an exciting attacking team to see and exciting times for Arsenal fans. Yeah, I think finally, Arteta, which
0: is why I think this season, if he doesn't get top four, his head will be on the chopping block because he's finally got the team of technicians that he wants. He himself, as a player, was big, fat technician. He knew how to pick a pass. That's what he had man. at City. and Exactly, that's what he's had at City. So he's finally got this squad of technicians that he wants and I think he can finally move to this formation that he's been desperate to play and hasn't been able to play. So last season, played the four at the back with two midfielders, Odegaard in front of him, the wingers and the central man. Now I think Arteta is going to move towards the four at the back with the one central midfielder and two eights. That pivot, yeah, the six, pivot and pivot, then yeah. the two wingers and the forward. So who are you going to have played in that six role? So party is. Do you know earlier when I was saying um, two players every team with Arsenal? If they lose them, the season's gone. Yeah, Arsenal probably just won. If Arsenal will lose party through injury or other sort of stories that we won't talk about, then it's a problem. Because he, I think I said this a while ago, him, he's like top three in the league at what he does. Him, maybe Fabinho and Rodri are the only midfielders that could play a central midfielder role by themselves and let... So Fernandinho lets, uh, no, not Fernandinho, he did it as well back Rodri. in the day, But Rodri allows De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva to, to play, further, play up. further up. And that's what Arteta's trying to do, trying to emulate that. And Liverpool, Fabinho allows, let's say, Thiago or John Henderson or Nabi Keita, Naby Keita yeah. to play in front of him. And Party can do that to a world class level. So if Arsenal lose Party, it's problems. But if they don't, him with Odegaard. Fabio Vieira or Smith Rowe Zinchenko or Zinchenko yeah I like that a lot in the two eights with the wingers Saka Martinelli Smith Rowe can play on that wing with Eddie and Jesus what it allows is kind of what Liverpool do in the sense that these two eights can play in front of that DM and then they've got the wingers outside them and these full backs so it's kind of like two clumps of three on either side that can kind of do kind of like a twisting. Well, motion. that's
1: it. So you, you're effectively creating overloads in these areas, yeah. but you're not you're not risking anything because those players are versatile, uh, versatile enough to be able to fill in. Yeah. That, that, those and gaps that. you And I think that's that what Arteta
0: has been desperate for is players allowing to do that. And also, I think another good thing, and which is why Zinchenko, the signing of him, is naughty because he's a probably like borderline world class player in his position. And so to get him, he's been like versed in the city kind of style for how long has he been there? Like six, seven years Mm -hmm. now. So he's been used to this kind of style of play. What he does is he can, I think James Lawrence talked about this a while ago, about the elbow tactic where like if one fullback goes forward, the other one comes in. in. And so you play free to back with one wide fullback either side going up. Yeah, What that does is obviously Arsenal have got Saliba back, which we'll talk about in a second because that's mental. Say we play Ben White uh, right back or Tommy Asu and we say Saliba and Gabriel Magalhaes are in the middle. What it does is it allows Inchenko to push forward and then Ben White goes from right back to right centre back and they play like a three at the back. Or say the other way around, if Tierney's playing and he doesn't want to go so as forward, Tierney tucks in left centre back and we move the other way, Tommy Asu goes forward. So our team is so versatile i don't know if you've seen it i think i did a tweet about this a while ago from the board draw account where it was every team in the premier league their passing map it's yeah. like a yeah. heat map yeah. and city's one was like perfectly symmetrical
1: well that was it, it was like in the corners
0: it was disgustingly and was like, yeah. symmetrical and i think that's what arteta wants he wants to get a team where we can shift the play down either side and everyone knows the same passing map Depending on what side of the picture on, and I think that's is hopefully with the players he's got now, it allows him to do that.
1: I, so this is what I wanted to move on to. Obviously, Arteta was uh, assistant manager at uh, Manchester City. Yeah. Um, do you think he's literally just adopting the approach and everything that he was obviously learned under Pep Guardiola, and and like just implementing it at Arsenal because obviously they've they've gone in for Jesus and Zinchenko who know Pep's system. Yeah. Do you think that's what so you're, you're saying? Are you like, are we the City beating? No, not even that. I, I think I was. I think you do, you're doing it differently. Yeah, I think. I think there's definite elements. 100 percent. And I think what you are doing, the style of plays that you're bringing in, are very Pep esque. Yeah, I think the build-up play. Let's say, like the defensive third
0: and the central third, I think are very similar to Pep and how his City team play. But the final, the, f- the final third is, is where we differ. Yeah, City like to go as close as they can to the, to by the line byline and cut crosses in. Arsenal, I think, because of the technicians and City probably work could it do this the edge of the box. Yeah, anymore. City probably could do this because their technicians are through the roof anyway. But they don't really play much around the outside, uh, outside of the box. They yeah. go always around the outside and to close to the byline. Yep. Whereas Arsenal, I think their plan is to play around the edge of the box, find spaces in the four of like an opposition, and go. Through the through the box, head on rather than round the side. So I think that's where we differ. But I do agree, defensively and in the middle of the pitch, we play a very similar. Retain the ball, win it back as quick as possible, and then
1: ball playing centre backs. I do agree there. Yeah. Talking about ball playing centre backs, William Saliba back from his loan at Marseille. Yep. Yeah. Um. I know he absolutely smashed it in league 1 last season. He was player of the season, player of the season, I think across Europe he actually had the best uh, passing stats I know it's general but I think he had the, the, like generally the best passing stats amongst any um uh, central back center back yeah. in uh Europe's top 5 leagues last season. Yeah. And I think that is that's like a whole new signing, in mate. Itself. It's like a. I think he was. He, I think sixty million pound was he in signing. He the... League on team of the season. Yeah, as well? yeah, yeah. Like he was, he was unbelievable for Marseille. Yeah, 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 And I think Arsenal being able to have that is like crazy. I know, I know. Um, Gabriel had a brilliant season last season. Yeah. unbelievable. Um, I think he's a very underrated defender. Yeah, Gabriel. fantastic player. Ben White as well came in and he yeah. did really well. Um, I don't know if. I don't know if Ben White has that ceiling. I think he might. He doesn't have. That, I, I agree. Saliba's ceiling, ceiling is a lot higher than of players, players yeah. but
0: Saliba's Saliba is athletically so dominant. I saw a picture of all three of them, and they're all pretty built lads. But Saliba at 21, so he's the youngest of the three. I think Ben White's like 25, and Gabriel's like 24. Mm-hmm. Saliba at 21, it's built like a fucking shit house, mate. He's huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think having. Like obviously, Ben White is is fairly good. Uh, what I like about Ben White back. is his
0: ability to play it right back as well. Yeah, so like that he did for England. And like I was saying earlier about, say we played that right back at Ben White, and then we shift into a back three and allows Inchenko. All three of them, uh, Saliba, Gabriel, and Ben White, are all so comfortable centre back that we could move into a free mid game, and that's such so a like good. So like teams like Brighton under
1: Graham Potter, um, Scotland as well they um, adopt where they move into that three centre-back and almost have a back five yeah. with uh, the wide players. So could we, do you reckon we could ever see a time where Arsenal adopt an approach of playing Zinchenko as a wide wing back and T N E as that left centre-back tucked in and then pushing out to the wide? Yeah, I
0: think potentially. I think maybe not in like uh, Prem games and stuff. Maybe in kind of like a Europa League game where we want to test out like a weird team and get some kids involved. Then you have like a strong back line and you let the kids do their things in front of them. But for me, I just want to go back to Saliba. A lot of people, when we loaned him out to Marseille, and so we loaned him out for two seasons in a row, he went back to, was it Nice? Did you see the video that he, that was released with him? Oh, a while back. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was his career done. It's pretty fuck shit. It was a weird yeah, video, yeah, but yeah,
1: we'll, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll skip past well, so we'll,
0: that. Well, we'll pretend that didn't happen. But um, So we sent him back on loan and then went to Marseille. And everyone was saying we are hand- Well, Arteta's handling his time at Arsenal really badly. I, I
1: think and everyone will come to disagree. But that's that was because Arsenal were so lacking, yeah, like 100%. technical players, and they just signed this brilliant sounding yeah. uh, young centre back, and everyone's like, just chuck him in the first yeah. team, see what we can but do. That, that
0: ruins careers sometimes. Oh, 100%. If you chuck
1: a player in that's young
0: at the wrong time, fans, especially Arsenal fans, if you're not up Arsenal to scratch, fans are the
1: one that like they just don't, they they will just come for you. Yeah, we are, and prepared. they will have no reason to, and they will give no reasons why. Yeah. And the reasonings they, that, that they have for doing it in their heads are clapped. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are some fucked Arsenal fans. There's, fuck, There's fucked fans. everyone fans. Yeah, but Arsenal, but fans, Arsenal get fans get the, the limelight on them because I think it's people cause like we, Arsenal fan yeah, TV. Yeah, Arsenal fan
0: TV started that whole generation. Yeah, and, and like, fair so enough. So it's just a bad look. But, yeah. So, Arsenal fans are obviously pretty grim. And if Saliba came in the team... Oh wait, did he, did he cheeky again? Um... So Isaliba came in the team young. So when he signed him, he's 19. It was a pretty stinky Arsenal team. And at well. that point, it was a stinky Arsenal team. Yeah. And say he stunk it up, players would have ran him out of the country. Uh, not, fans would have ran him out of the country. And so Arteta sent him out of the country early doors anyway. <laughs> allowed him to develop into this um, league on team of the season, player of the year player. He's come back. He's older. He's had two years. One year older. Yeah. One whole year. Two years older, actually. Is it two years? Yeah, yeah. So he sent him out at 19. Yeah. But much. um, quick maths. Quick maths. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's come back. He's had uh Champions League experience. He's played against the likes of Mbappe. He, he, I, now I think he's up to scratch. And I think he'll
1: bed in well. Now. Exciting times. Exciting, Exciting times. times. He's times. like
0: a £50 million defender. Is
1: there... Got, like, Anywhere on in the Arsenal squad where you think, oh, we could do with just one more signing. Or, or yeah. is there any specific player that you you like Arsenal, this is the one. This is the one we need.
0: Yeah. I think like I was saying earlier, if Party isn't around, we're in trouble. We need which is why I would have liked just to see see us get Basuma. But I think Basuma wouldn't have wanted to be a backup to Party because he's not as good as Party. And so he wouldn't have want to be different, though. I think they're quite similar.
1: Yeah, they're but like aggressive. I'm pretty DMs sure you said could... was like the top three in the league. What at what at what he does? Yeah, I know. I think he is, but I think Party's better than him. So where does Fabinho and Rodrigo fit uh, into I, that top I, three? I, I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe it's. I think do you know what though. The thing is, we've seen we've seen Party do it for a top team. Yeah, where where is Pesuma, they He's done it for a Brighton team who are very good. Yeah, yeah. but they're not. They're not on an Arsenal level at the minute. Um so it'd be interesting to see whether he can do it yeah. with with more pressure basically. Yeah, hundred And in and in a system, and this is Basuma we're talking about, in a system where he's gonna have more of the ball than a Graham Potter at yeah. Brighton's. And that's
0: what I like that um Party has that Basuma doesn't is Party's ball playing ability. Yeah. Is so much that better is, than That is Basuma. that is Basuma's big big weavers. He almost has zero yeah, it's highly, ball playing ability. Which is why I think um we need someone that's like Party can ball play at DM. And I don't know who's out there that could be that vibe, but that's our main problem area for me, is a
1: DM to replace Party if Party's not about. Is it top four or bust for Arteta? 100%. 100%. If yeah. he, and I mean, so say, say... I'm a big fan of Arteta, and me- I'm never Arteta
0: out. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. I think if we don't get top four, I still don't think I'll be calling for his head... If you're but, there
1: and thereabout, it's different.
0: Yeah. I think if we don't get top four, I won't beat Arteta out. But if we don't get to a four and say the board get rid of him, You'll I'll understand, understand yeah. why. But, but i The only like... thing
1: is, you've got to be able to replace him with someone. Which is what I'm saying. Long, but really but many... for Arsenal, it's very much about the project. Yeah. It's very much about the project. Um, yeah. I mean, come Christmas, say you're like. I don't know ninth in the league. Ugh. You know you, you're you're a fair bit away from that top four spot. Then there's problem. Then there's a problem because you've problems. got that entire Qatar World Cup where Arsenal fans are thinking, "Blood, we could go for him and get yeah. him in. He'll be able to do a job. Get Steve Bruce in. You know what I mean? Get Brucey in. Get Brucey on. Yeah. Get Bruce on the loose.
0: Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about with Arsenal is Arteta's done a great job of getting out. I'd say eighty percent of our deadwood. The deadwood at Arsenal was unbelievable. Mate, you could build a dead wood ship. <laughs> out of the dead wood that was floating about at the Emirates. But, and he's done a good job of getting rid of most of it. But we still have, I'd say, four or five players that if any clubs are out there, we'll do a fire
1: sale. Now you just got to get troops to start supporting the team. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I like Maitland-Niles. Oh, t- he's not up to Arsenal level. Yeah, but he's good. He's a, a, good a good backup.
0: backup. A, nah. Get, put a word in at QPR. Yeah, I'll get yeah, I'll get, get, I'll get Boy, uh, Michael Beale. Yeah.
1: yeah. Chris Woolwick's a baller, man.
0: Yeah, and Ainsley they probably played. Together, the they, probably, they probably played together at Hale End. Yeah, probably. So get him get him on the blower. Get him down to QPR off this road. Torreira, needs to get him out. Leno.
1: Torreira didn't want to come back.
0: Oh my God. Torreira literally said, please Terraro's don't send been me back.
1: twerking for every was it, single time. Is it Fiorentino that? is that? Yeah, yeah. And then he, they were like, yeah, we're not paying a fee for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And he, oh my God. Yeah. So so, yeah. so we've got Pablo Mari, we need to get rid of. So we got some He, I mean, he wasn't was left. that bad for you, was he? He's all right. He's just not up to scratch with the likes of Saliba, yeah, Gabriel, uh, Rob Holding, Rob Holding. I'd say Rob Holden's better than this. Yeah, that's what
1: I mean. I think Rob, I really, like I, Rob Holding. Post hair transplant, Holding is a different, different animal. Uh, different, animal.
0: different. Arsenal and Gabriel's getting a hairline transplant. So we're literally
1: like, who's the boldest Premier League player?
0: As in, like, like who's a, who's
1: a really good bald Premier League player right now? Wow. Oh. John Joe Shelby would get a hair transplant, John Joe and you will shout, literally you be carrying England to the Qatar World Cup. Not that
0: many slapheads.
1: Yeah, but John Joe Shelby, yeah, he's hair not. transplant. Yeah, no longer called Voldemort, right? Yeah, captains England God, to Qatar John glory, with like long hair, mate. Oh, oh, mate. Different levels, on. right? Pull your We're gonna take a little break, and we'll be back to finally get to the Red Devils, Eric Ten Hags, Manchester United. Let's go. And we are back to talk about the final team on our agenda. A very interesting summer for Manchester United fans. Obviously, Ralph Rangnick gone, not doing his consultancy role as um, everyone knew. Um, Bought in Eric Ten Hag from Ajax. Yeah, boy. And they've had an interesting summer. I mean, a lot of off-field issues with uh, a big man named Cristiano Ronaldo. Um very, 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 very interesting stuff happening there. Actually, I don't care. Um ba- <laughs> basically, I'm very interested to see what Ten Hag does here because I've seen a lot of um clips from their preseason. And the football the football yeah, is good. flowing. And yeah. I think you know with Ten Hag yeah, if you give him time, he will produce a quality team. Mm. And the signings that they've made as well as some of the players they brought back into the fold, it's really interesting. I'm quite excited to see what they can do. And I think they might be a a real threat this season. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think they will be. I mean, I think the signings they made in players like Lissandro Martinez. That was nicely
0: pronounced. That was quite good, actually. I was surprised myself.
1: It's, 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 I'm going to use the word again. It's a progressive signing. Yeah. It's a signing that's not, they're not just spending like 60 million on a centre-back Who's gonna like not like a Kulibali, but like because they wouldn't even get Kulibali. They're going, they're going, they're going for yeah, they're going, they're going, totally they're going for, yeah, they're they're going say, for yeah. someone who's got potential and he's to improve. part of
0: the Ten Hag project. Part of he's the Ten Hag not project, a Glazer signing that's like there to sell T-shirts.
1: Yeah, they've gone for someone like Malasio as well. Yeah, so they're the
0: players that Man United fans probably have never heard of. Don't want to slate them, but Ten Hag. Is being like I want these players because they will fit my style, understand what I want from them. They're not fucking. I don't know the likes of. I don't want to slate Jadon Sancho, but Jadon Sancho was signed because he's a big name, big prospect
1: to sell T-shirts and keep the fans happy. And I think I think that's that's an important aspect. I mean, obviously Manchester United are a huge club, yeah. So it's very easy for uh, for the fans to quickly jump on the hype of a player like they did with Martial like they've done with Sancho yeah. and it not and it not work out straight away but because they're so intense the fans they, it, it gets onto their backs and they're so vocal on social media yeah. and outside like the ground fans, yeah, yeah. I mean they're literally storming the training ground <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I know that's that's to do with deep rooted issues with uh, Edward Wood and yeah, the Glazers, the Glazers. Yeah. but that doesn't help do you know yeah. what I mean yeah 100% but, um, some of the like obviously in the preseason uh, he's brought back into the fold he's brought uh, Rashford into the fold again uh, Martial after his loan spell at Sevilla where it didn't really work out for him. No, it didn't at all. But in pre-season, he looked really good. He's looked really, really and exciting. the thing
0: with Martial is I've always, you can see... There's, there's a baller there. You can see there's a baller serious, there. Serious, serious player. I don't know if it's just the system that's never suited him. The manager's never believed in him. He's never had a run of games where he's given himself confidence. But if something ticks for him,
1: he'll be a machine for United. I think come first game week, he will come this time next week he will be leading the line for United
0: yeah a a lot of people are saying that like even if Ronaldo like says oh yeah I'm happy to stay now he won't start that first week
1: I mean I've seen clips of uh, Ten Hag taking trading that man does not take shit yeah, well, you and see that when Sahai tried
0: to like play a pass out, and he went off the pitch, and he was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah,
1: I mean, I like, I like oh. that. I like that. Like, yeah. it doesn't. It, you've literally got to take the approach of it. it doesn't matter who you are, even if you are Cristiano Ronaldo, you can't act like that. Yeah, I mean, we don't hundred percent know what's gone on, what's got, what's not happened, what has happened, but we can going to speculate. But regardless, he's not he's not done uh, turned up for training for family issues, I think it was. I think at first it was family issues, but, but I think the fact that now he's
0: been gagging linked, for yeah. a, a move away makes you just think, was there well, actually yeah. family issues?
1: And then, um, now he's sort of realised that he's not going to get a move anywhere. Yeah. Like, he can't just walk back into the team, which he probably would have done so under like a Solskjaer or yeah, even a Ralf Um I mean, Ralph didn't have a bad season last season either. Nah, he, he was the best player. He was their fun. best player, but would like you can have a star player like that but it is so much better to have a a system that works which is what we said a couple of episodes that's not a couple of it's like one of our first episodes where we
0: said is it a blessing in disguise that he wants to leave if uh, Ten Hag doesn't have to deal with it. it was about the clean slate yeah and I think it is because if he can get a full clean slate where you haven't got the baggage of Ronaldo you haven't got the baggage of all the fans and all these big sign-ins then I think Ten Hag can fully Get to
1: grips with this team and impart his identity because that's and- what United need. They needed a, a, like a literally a whole blank slate to work yeah. with, and ideally they would have they literally have shipped out an, their entire squad yeah. and just built new with the, the identity. Yeah. That the Ten problem Hull is the little. club's too big to give themselves. Yeah, of that course it paycheck. is, and they've got players on yeah. so much money who are probably quite happy to pick up a paycheck on the bench. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So Ten Hag's uh, Ajax played a four three three. Yeah. Uh, obviously some brilliant players in, in in the previous Ajax teams like Frankie de Jong, uh, Donny van der Beek. Van der Beek, yeah. yeah. So uh, Anthony as well, who United who have been linked to. Lissandro Martinez. Lissandro Martinez, yeah. So, so just, and all these players are technical excellence. I think one thing you get with the Ajax teams all the time is just technical excellence. I mean, everyone that comes through that academy is technically so proficient. It's, yeah. uh, it's the next level. And that's why they, they can literally bring these players through And they might not actually be the greatest players, but because they are technical and they look so good within his system, they can whack like sixty million onto their players' price, and they sell them for it because players know, teams know that Ajax players are ballers, Mm. Um, and that technically and with football IQ as well, they're they're up there with the best. Yeah. So. Molassio as well as a left back coming in to compete with Luke Shaw yeah. Luke Shaw's a weird one for me because sometimes he looks like the best, the best, best back left in back the in the world yeah, yeah. and then sometimes he looks like he just like what's going on um, yeah. obviously they've lost Paul Pogba didn't really work out I think Paul Pogba on his day one of the great, best players in the world yeah Um it's not worked out, and he's he, obviously he's gone to Juventus. Yeah, had a horrific that him and now. United story just needed to end. It was toxic for both. It percent. went on for too long, yeah, didn't yeah, it? yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, he's, he's gone to Juventus, and, Got the and yeah, he that's sad because that's yeah, we yeah. yeah, you know what he can do. He looked excited to like
0: kick on with his career. Yeah, and right, I think an yeah. excited Pogba is a dangerous thing to, yeah, 100%, 100%, uh, to play against. You see, he might miss the World Cup, which is quite sad. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but anyway, what we'll go back to Luke Shaw. I think the problem that I've had with Luke Shaw, I totally agree with you saying. I think some games. When United are flying, he looks like the best wing-back in the league. But when they're shit, I think his defensive IQ is just really bad. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is he's alongside Harry Maguire, uh, whose defensive IQ is also really bad. So they can't help each other. Yeah, I think one of them, either Harry Maguire would look good next to a left-back whose defensive IQ is really good... And will tell Harry Maguire, yo, you're in the wrong place. Yep, step back, step, step back, forward. Step forward, exactly. Or, Harry Maguire alongside a, a wing back, whose defensive IQ, is like, you can go forward, but you know when to come back. But because they're both so bad defensively,
1: that side of the pitch just gets ripped apart all the time. I mean, I, you watch goals that we've, like, that England have conceded, that United have conceded last season. And, Harry Maguire's positioning for some of those goals is so questionable yeah. that if I think if he does that under Ragnar, uh under Ten Hag sorry he will just get dropped yeah I'd like to see Eric Bailly get another run on the side I think Eric, I like Eric Bailly has been underutilised yeah 100% I, know, I, I like I've seen the clip today where he just <laughs> goes for <through> some crazy <laughs> challenges he's going for
0: like a drop kick tackle yeah. here and you see the one where he goes for a tackle and then slides. Like, and then does like swivel, yeah. He's so
1: funny. Obviously, they've got Rafael Veranda who's been a top, top, top five centre-back in the world perhaps yeah, but he Had years. a bit of an average one last year. But yeah, I mean, maybe he takes time but he is not he's not young. Do you know what I mean? Was he 30? Yeah. Old? So, I think the problem is he plays where Harry Maguire should play. Oh, 100%.
0: And so either you play him and Luke Shaw and he tells Luke Shaw, yo, you're doing too much or... You play Harry Maguire and you don't play Varane. You play because Varane is either getting played out of position or played wrongly. And so, yeah, they need to figure
1: out their best defensive line. So, this is what I was going to say is so when now that Martinez has come in, mm. for the fee that he's coming for, you assume he's going to be starting pretty much most yeah, games. I hope so. Um, so that means unless they go to a back three, which I don't think they will do, one of Maguire or Varane's getting dropped, right? Yeah. So. Maguire has been kept as captain for this season, which um, I think I think it might be in the TFL podcast. Um, I think one of them said uh, that it's a smart move because what man I don't need at this minute is more controversy off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. They don't need people getting on the back of Harry Maguire and being like, "Ha ha, you lost the captaincy." They don't need more speculation about who's going to be the captain. Yeah, um, and who even so that's like, that, is, that is the thing. But I mean, yeah. So obviously. He's going to play with a a deep-line midfielder, a deep-line playmaker, basically.
0: Which they need to sign.
1: Which... which We'll talk about that position in a minute. They can get away with Ericsson playing that role. He's done it before. But he's not defensively proficient enough to get away with it. He'd be much more... You're not getting into the top four with Ericsson. Mate, he'd be much better utilised further up the pitch. And I think Ericsson's been a brilliant signing for them, though, because... Well, he's, he's going to be a brilliant signing. Yeah. Because they have aerial threats, especially if Ronaldo gets back into the squad. Ronaldo, we see what Harry Maguire can do from corners. Varane's not a small boy, uh, small boy either. Yeah, yeah. So you can, if you have someone who can pinpoint drop free kicks, corners into those danger areas, like Ericsson done for Brentford last season, Yeah. yeah. then, I mean, he was only uh, matched by Ward Prouts in terms of yeah. uh, chances created from set pieces, from dead ball situations. So, that is another just fantastic asset yeah, to have. Yeah, no, I think and he's that a good can time. really win. So, like games where it might be 1 0 or 0 0 and they're really struggling to break down a team, but they win a free kick on the edge of the box or something through a Sancho bit of trickery, yeah. Rashford, Martial, whatever. Bun off Bruno, get Ericsson on it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I
0: think Ericsson is a good time for free. And I think he allows the likes of
1: Bruno. He's good at pressing as well.
0: Yeah, that exactly that. I was going to say, he allows the likes of Bruno. To maybe not be the lead press because, let's say, Ericsson or Rashford or whoever can be the lead press. Because last year, what I've seen is Bruno leading the press, and like I could see that he was doing it to kind of like rally the troops and like make sure the fans were happy. But he can't lead a press; it's so disjointed, and that's what everyone was saying about United's press. Everyone, so the first, everyone kind was of trying to press. Slate was like, they can't press, and then everyone was like oh no they are trying to press but they're just doing it so disjointedly it was like one person pressing fail Another person press but like, fail. So when, when what, you press, you need to press in like
1: clusters around. Well, you press in clusters, but you also need to press. You don't just press into the players. You press into those passing lanes yeah. to cut off options, so it makes them make a mistake yeah. as well. Short which United weren't so doing. Good, they yeah. were just, they were running at players at full speed. The player would <laughs> so, play a pass or turn them, drop back ten yeah, yards, yeah, yeah. and play a ball, and then they they are exposed. Yeah. So no. it just
0: didn't work. So they need a more organized press, which is what I think Ten
1: Hag has probably worked on and will. In four, so for United, right? They're going to play pretty similar to Arsenal almost. In they're going to have a six, yeah, and potentially two eights,
0: yeah, in Ericsson and
1: Fernandes. Yeah. But who is going to play that six role? Because
0: well, I think that's why they're in the market for Dion. Because I think Dion, what he offers is defensive stability. Because he actually, his defensive stats are really, really good. good, really good, and, and obviously, progressive his progressive ball. passes are a
1: joke. So I think he would have been ideal, but obviously, he's fucked them. What off. we'll do is we'll have a count of this episode of how many times we said progressive. It's what the game is, it's the mate. word of the day, board draw, get progressive. Well, but yeah, so but, but the yeah, problem they is, need someone like obviously, that. Obviously, there's only a week now until the season begins. Yeah, Frankie De Jong doesn't look any closer to joining United. Not at all. Barcelona, we're well, going back to them, are spending just money out their ass that they don't have. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like he's going to leave, he doesn't want to leave. Yeah, so. What happens? Does Fred play that six role? Not a no. fucking ch- I like does, Fred. Does Scott but McTominay? It,
0: no. He can get sacked, mate. He's shit. Does Donny van der Beek? I like Donny van der Beek, but that's, I think, a lot of pressure for someone that's been... He's had a hard time at United, and that's a lot of pressure to put on him. Or, this is a rogue one,
1: Lissandro Martinez
0: play that sixth role. Well, I think that is definitely something that he has in his locker. Yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. He's played there for Ajax. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think so they've been loosely linked with him I think Arsenal were as well but I think he's a player that should be at a better club by now is Sergei Milinkovic Savic from Lazio yeah yeah Milinkovic Savic he's, he's
1: been linked with a lot of big big, big teams big clubs well I think was.
0: Barcelona were before they got uh, Kessie in Arsenal were like when this whole Tom Party situation came about Arsenal were linked with him and Man United for quite a few consecutive seasons have been linked with Milinkovic Savic and he's someone that gives you goals and assists from deep can play the sixth role and he's in his prime. And I think I think he'd be a good signing for United. Yeah, I think fantastic he needs sign-in. to move on. Obviously, he's he probably to, got he needs a lot a of. Step faith. Up. Yeah, he's got like a lot. Like
1: Lazio are a very good level. Yeah. But the Premier League is it's a, it's, that is the next step, isn't I it? Or, or one of the elite teams. If of he
0: wants to be seen as one of the best midfielders in the world, which I'm sure he does, you need to be at a big, a big top, club. Top, yeah. And I think he would be a mega signing for United. Yeah, I mean,
1: they haven't been linked with him. Though, no, so.
0: uh, well, very loosely at the start of the summer. But I don't think anything will happen there. And it's too late in the window, really, to make a big signing like that. But I don't know,
1: So without any links. Um, Basically, what we've, we've nailed it down to is United, if they want to have a successful season, they need to find someone to play that sixth role. Yeah. If they don't get Frankie de Jong in, they are... In trouble. I think they put too many eggs in his basket. Though. Potentially, I mean, we're looking at teams who are investing in a lot of players. Yeah, United have made good signings in Lissandro Martinez, and uh, Malacia and Ericsson and but Ericsson. they're still not good enough, but really, for like if it's you want re- t- yeah, to, you to you do a rehacked to their previous it- windows where they've gone out and bought a Varan Ronaldo or Santos, the Jadon Sancho. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's a very different type, and but. I hope that players like Sancho and Rashford and Martial can what, kick Sancho, on. Sancho, from what I've seen, has looked like their best player this pre-season. Yeah, and I think he's going to be asked to do less this season, which allows him to do more in a way. Yeah. Like, he's not going to he's not gonna have to play under a radnick system where he's constantly pressing and cutting down passing lanes. I know that um, Ten Hag will still impose that to an extent, but it's not it's not win the game through gegenpresses. It's, it's win the game through creating opportunities around and outside the box through smart passing and movement. Yeah, no, I like, agree. And the flexibility in their, in their midfield trio will really help them, but they need that, sol- they need that solid anchor point, that pivot player. Who and they haven't allow- had that for a long time. I mean, who they had since, like, Carrick, who can do that. Yeah, exactly. Literally I mean? that, yeah. Like, and that's, I think, Carrick turned 40 this year. Yeah. Uh, this week. Was it this week, I think? Well, I think I saw a picture. Was yeah. it yesterday or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it must be he was close. on my timeline, like a picture of young Carrick, and it was, like, happy... I saw, a, I saw saw. maybe it was a quote from Pep Guardiola that said Carrick was uh, up there with Xavi and Iniesta in his eyes I think he was slept on as a player mate he basically. could have been he never played for England really didn't no, he wasn't no, really no, in, no, yeah. in England's uh, whereabouts but yeah um, let me talk to you about the four then what the big four who
0: do you reckon is the finishing the? High, oh, we'll do a league prediction that's actually coming out soon
1: yeah but who do you think is finishing the highest out of the four we spoke about today? I think for me, they had the best manager, and they've had arguably the best transfer window. It's got to be Spurs for me. Interesting. It's okay. got to be Spurs for yeah. me. But I think as a team, Arsenal and Man United are very close in terms of how much potential they have to thrive. Arsenal, we sort of know what they're going to be doing. And we know how they're going to play, and they've only just improved the squad and they've brought in excellent players. United brought in a whole new manager and from stuff I know it's only pre-season but from stuff we've seen in pre-season they've looked like they can be really dangerous but I think it's going to take a while to yeah, gel a of and like I mean they're going to come unstuck against some lower uh, some lower uh, Premier League teams where they just set up a, a deep block and just won't work out for them Yeah. but I think yeah so I spurs. think Spurs Spurs okay. and I think but I, 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 I honestly I haven't even made my predictions yet because I'm trying to give it to the last minute because it's so yeah, difficult yeah. especially between these four because any of them on their day could beat any of the other ones. Yeah. Well, for I, me, think, I think. But I think, just one last comment, I think all four of these teams have made steps, maybe not United, but I think all four of these teams, particularly Arsenal and Spurs, have made steps to close the gap between them and Liverpool and, yeah, and City. no, I agree. I'd say Spurs and Arsenal have definitely made
0: the most steps. I'd say Chelsea and Man United. Have probably not made much. I'd say they've probably remained about the same. Yep. Because Chelsea have got in Sterling, Koulibaly good, but they've lost Rudiger, lost Lukaku. And United haven't really made major sign ins, but what they've done is they've started a road to this new identity, which is always a positive. But yeah, I agree. For me, who will finish the highest out of these four? It's between Spurs and Arsenal. I'm gonna go for the boys, obviously. Yep. But I think Arsenal and Spurs, and we'll do a window ranking at the end of the window, but at this moment in time, Arsenal and Spurs have had the best windows. Yeah. And the squads, the depth has been improved like perfectly. So I think those two are the
1: closest to City and Liverpool. Yeah. Um, That's where we're at. Let us know who you think out of these four teams is going to be finishing the highest anyone that you think might be a dark horse out of these teams made for a little title push who knows Yeah. Um, but don't be silly um, basically let us know what you think about any of the comments we made in this episode today there's been some funny ones there's been some serious stuff but um, yeah make sure you follow us on all the socials all the socials baby join our board draw Fantasy Premier League um, we're going to be well, yeah, we've got um, some stuff in the. Yeah, we've got some fantasy stuff videos cooking. We've got some fantasy videos coming out. But yeah, we're going to have a prize for the winner of the league at the end of the season. It's going to be a good prize. sub to our YouTube channel.
0: Because obviously now we've got the camera. We're going to be pushing vibe. out YouTube exclusive content. Because not all our content is just the podcast. We've obviously got the fantasy chats. We're going to do little smaller videos like kit rankings, tier lists and stuff. So the stuff that you won't see on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Yeah. So if you want to be up to date with all our content, obviously follow our Spotify, all that stuff. But YouTube is where it's at,
1: baby. YouTube is going to be our primary content. There is not a piece of content that we make that doesn't go on YouTube, basically. But. So follow that yeah. and follow all our socials. Uh follow our TikTok as well. It's gonna be popping. We send it every week, but it's gonna be popping. <laughs> Has it changed? Yeah, it's hasn't the... changed since last week, but it's gonna be popping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah. It's boy it's, it's me. It's me, Bordor. It's been Ragulion. It's been Ragulion. And it's live. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. Man.